Hey there, welcome to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Stephanie Long, business coach for nutritionists. I help nutritionists just like you create and launch their business and sign their first high paying client. In this podcast, you'll learn practical strategies to start and grow your nutrition business that you can implement right away. You'll also hear from a ton of guests who have started their own thriving nutrition businesses and share what they've learned throughout their journey. Let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Next Level Nutrition Biz Podcast. I am really, really excited to have my friend Amanda here from Raw Fitness and Nutrition to talk about the day in a life of a nutritionist. So she's going to share with us how she started her nutrition business, some of the programs that she uses now in her business day to day, how things are going in her business and the plans for the future of her business. And then we're going to talk about her weekly and her daily schedule to see what she gets up to um, in her business. So let me just tell you a little bit about Amanda. So Amanda is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner, a restorative wellness practitioner, and a certified personal trainer. She helps clients lose fat, heal their gut, and optimize their thyroid, hormones, and overall health through her customized approach to fitness and nutrition. Through her education and 15 years of experience, she transformed her own body and the bodies of hundreds of other women. Amanda supports clients with individualized recommendations that help them to lose weight, heal their guts, balance their hormones, and finally feel like they're thriving in their bodies. She created Fat Loss 101 and Gut Health 101 digital courses to make her work accessible to anyone wanting to educate themselves to optimize their own health. She's also the creator of Protein Bakes, an ebook with over 40 high protein and nutrient dense delicious treats designed for indulging your sweet tooth while still staying on track to your goals. Welcome to the podcast, Amanda. Thanks for being here. Hi, Stephanie. Thanks for having me. Oh, always a pleasure. Love chatting with you. And I know last time you came on the podcast to talk about uh, when you had first launched your online courses and how successful those were. And that episode, people absolutely loved. So I'm sure people are going to be excited to know what you do day to day in your business to be so successful. So why don't we just start with you actually kind of just giving a quick background of like what even brought you to study nutrition to begin with? Yeah. So, um, originally I kind of fell into personal training by mistake. I had moved to Los Angeles to become an actress and was looking for like a job that I could do to just like make good money and also have a flexible schedule. And a friend was doing personal training and she was like, you should do it. At the time I was not interested in health at all. I was like eating a standard American diet, struggling with my own weight, gut issues. And then I just said like, okay, like, let me just give this a try because I need to make some money and I don't want to be like serving tables, um, all night until two in the morning, which is like what most people were doing. Um, so I started personal training, got certified, started seeing clients like in the park in Los Angeles, and then slowly grew my personal training business from there. And then just realized I was so passionate about nutrition. Like that's all I wanted to do is like talk to my clients about what they were eating and what they were doing in their life and their stress management. And um, then got certified as a nutritional therapy practitioner and then continued to build my online one-on-one coaching business from there, obviously stopped acting. um, And now that is currently what I'm doing. And I know you did go on to take an additional training in nutrition. Do you want to talk about it for a second? Um, the I think you had like a first program and then you kind of did something a little bit more intensive as you went on in your business. 
So I did the NTA program, the Nutritional Therapy Association. Um, it's a functional nutritional therapy practitioner program. So I did that, if that's what you're talking about. And then from there, before that, I also did the IEN program, which I know a lot of people do. I think it's a very basic program. I mean, it teaches you how to coach, but it doesn't teach you like the you know nuts and bolts of nutrition and biochemistry. Um so I did the nutritional therapy practitioner program and then, which is a great program. And then from there, I have, I've taken multiple courses since then. I did the restorative wellness solutions, level one, level two, level three. And then I'm actually starting level four, which is like the master's program at the end of this month. And then I've also done like a ton of other like courses, blood chemistry courses, hormone courses, gut courses. Um, I feel like it's really important to continue to learn and to continue to build your knowledge base to be able to help people. I, I really get a lot of clients now who are, you know, really struggling with chronic, chronic issues. So it's really important for me to know as much as possible, but I also think sometimes people get stuck in the learning and they never really start to work on their business and try to grow their business and try to make money. So I think it's important to do both. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask when you were saying that, like, do you, did you start, you know, kind of with that base knowledge and then find that hole of like, oh, my client really needs support with this. I don't know that. And then I need to go and learn more about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So when I first, when I did the IN program, I started taking clients like pretty soon after that, um, because I was already like seeing clients with personal training. So for me, it was like a very easy transition because I felt like I was already coaching people in nutrition. Um, so I started seeing people and I was able to help people, but then I was getting like more and more challenging clients and I just felt like I needed to know more, I needed more knowledge, more education. Yeah, that absolutely makes sense. So can you remember, like, I know it's been a couple of years, but going back to when you kind of transitioned from doing, doing just personal training and then like kind of starting your nutrition business and bringing it online, what were some of those first things you had to do to kind of, I guess, like transition your business to having the nutrition component? Like, did you have to redo your website an email list, anything like that? Yeah. Well, I think during the time I was personal training, that is when I also started building my Instagram. So I wasn't even, I don't think I was taking clients at the time. I was just like focused on building an audience on Instagram so that I could, I mean, I don't even really know what I was hoping would come out of it. I think I was like, Oh, I would love some like free product, you know, from yeah. people. So that's, <laughs> I could, I could do that. And then also just like being able to share knowledge and share information with people. So I did start to build my Instagram. And then when I was ready to take in clients, I think I do remember, um, kind of pitching that on Instagram in terms of, I think I did have a website, but I think this was when we worked together, when we first started working together, I think you really helped me to, um, modify the, uh, you know, what I was saying on my website. Cause it was like at the, the time messaging. it was the messaging. Thank you. Yeah. Um, because at the time it was just focused on personal training. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wasn't, I mean, I was mostly using word of mouth at the time, but I still had like a landing page and maybe like two or three pages on a website for personal training, but I did change the messaging a lot. Um, change like the programs that I offered on there. Um, what was your other question? I think was that oh, it? email list. If you started an email list at that point. I did. I, I don't remember when, at what point that that started, but I did start an email list pretty early on. I think I had a, and I wasn't really utilizing it. Like I did, wasn't sending emails very often. I think I had a free recipe book. 
yeah, I think this was when we were working together because mm-hmm. I do remember like changing it a bit. Um, but I did create a free recipe book that had like 10 recipes in it in order to like get people on my mailing or my email list. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, the other thing I was curious about is you had, you mentioned you had kind of started your Instagram more of like just sharing education, maybe getting free product, you know, kind of <laughs> yeah. just building a community. Um, at what point did you kind of almost shift to like using it from just like um, sharing and educating to almost like starting to sell and to promote yourself? Like, can you remember like adding some of that kind of more like sales language in and like, how did you start doing that? Yeah, I think when I first started, it was just about providing value. Like that was my intention. I was posting every single day. That's like really how I built it. It was like every day for like a year, I think I posted um, and it was just providing information, recipes, uh, food ideas, meal ideas, you know, thoughts. Um, and then I, and then after I got certified as a health coach, Diane, I was like, okay, because I, I really loved personal training, but I knew that I wanted to like do something different and shift it because personal training is it's rough. It's like getting up four in the morning and working like so many long hours, and I just was like getting burnt out. So I knew I wanted to do some more health coaching, which is why I got certified. And I think from then, then I started just like offering and it was such a trend. Like it was really hard because if you go from word of mouth and having clients, personal training clients fairly easily, it's a, it's a big difference to really try to market yourself and like use specific marketing language and get people to want to work with you. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think, I think because I had created a community and provided so much value that people were ready for it when I did. I wasn't just like starting my Instagram and then just kind of like pitching people to work with me. Yeah. Um, but I do remember like some of the things that I did. Well, sometimes like at some, I think when I first started doing it, I would just say like, oh, I have some open, you know, I have like this number of openings. Like if you're interested, DM me. Mm-hmm. And that I think worked. But then I really started to just like get clear about who I exactly I wanted to help. And going through like what their pain points were, what they were really struggling with, what they wanted their life to look like. And then I started to paint that picture. So in posts, I would talk about my own story about how I was bloated all the time, couldn't lose weight, regardless of like how much I restricted my calories and how much I worked out. And then the things that I was then doing differently in order to actually make those changes. And so I think people really resonated with that because they see themselves in that story. I still have people message me sometimes after they go to my website and they're like, I felt like you were talking to me. I felt like this was me. And I think that's really important because people need to feel heard and understood and seen because a lot of people with health issues don't feel that, especially people who have gone to doctor after doctor after doctor who, you know, tell them that they're just making it up. It's in their head or what have you. So people, I think really resonate with that. Yeah. And I think like you mentioned, sharing your personal story is really big too, because then people can kind of see that you've been through that, you understand, and that you have authority, you know, in this space because you've also brought yourself through those changes as well. Yeah. And you can understand what they're going through, right? Because if you're, if, if, you know, I always say it's so funny, you know, like seeing fitness influencers on Instagram and, you know, they're like 20 years old and they have this like perfect body, never have been overweight, just have really good genetics, never had any like emotional issues and emotional eating or reading or anything like that. And it's like, those are the people that it's really hard 
for them to understand what the average person is going through. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think it is really important to, to, I mean, it's not like you have to have gone through it in order to help people, but I think it does create a level of compassion for the client. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Thanks for sharing. Ready to start your nutrition business but have no idea what steps you need to take? No problem. That's exactly why I've created a completely free workshop for you called Six Steps to Start Your Nutrition Biz and Sign Your First Paying Clients. In this on-demand workshop, I'm sharing my six-step roadmap to starting a successful nutrition business without a huge social media following or years of experience. I'll also share the top three mistakes I see most new nutritionists making when starting their business and how to avoid them, and the must-have tools you need to run a successful nutrition business and wow your clients from day one. Oh, and did I mention that the workshop is completely free? Sign up at stephanielong.ca slash workshop and get instant access right now. Okay. So to pivot, I would love for you to share, you know, obviously your, your business has developed, you're much past like that starting phase. Now you're definitely more in like the grow or scale phase where, you know, you have your programs in place, you probably have systems in place now. So I'd love for you to share, like, what programs are you using on a day-to-day basis in your business right now? Ooh, programs. Okay. Well, I use Kajabi to, I use Kajabi for everything. I use it for my email list, for my website, and also to house my courses. Um, And I know... I think Kajabi is great and I, it's really been working for me, but I do feel like I'm at a point in my business where I probably need like a specific email marketing, um, tool, like, a is a convert kit. Yeah. That's convert like, kit, flow yeah. yeah. Any of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I probably will transition to that fairly soon, but Kajabi works well for pretty much everything. I mean, it's kind of on the pricey side, but I think it's worth it. Um, and then that's really it's um mm-hmm. i use asana i started using asana mm-hmm. like six months ago i know we talked about this um and that's been really helpful i have one assistant she's a part-time assistant um so we are both on asana so that has really helped keep me organized otherwise like it's a complete disaster and then i use whatsapp to communicate with my assistant so it's kind of like our slack yeah not really um and that's pr- that's pretty much it So yeah, you have a pretty like, I guess, lean and efficient business where everything's just housed in Kajabi and then um, maybe some additional programs like Asana. If those of you listening don't know what that is, that's um, like a task management platform where you can kind of almost put in your to-do list, set, you know, dates, set even like tag, you know, if Amanda wanted her assistant to, you know, get something done, she could take her assistant in there. Um, that's been very, very helpful for me in my business. Cause I was definitely like the write down on a piece of paper kind of like, and cross off the check off, you know, the, the to do's and, um, Asana's really, really changed the efficiency of how I get my tasks done for sure. I'm a very visual person too. And I feel like a lot of the, there was a task management system I was using called things, which I really loved. Um, but it didn't have, you couldn't add team members to it. So that was one fault there, but I like Asana because you can see it as a calendar and you can like move things around like, okay, I want to do this on Friday. Let me just like slide it to Friday. So for me, it really works. It's visual. Yeah. I like that too. So you had mentioned Kajabi, like being almost good to a point, you know, like having a lot of functionality. Can you actually share like why you might want to transition to a different email marketing tool? 
Yeah. So one of the big issues I'm currently having is I have a few funnels now. So when people download a freebie, they get put into a funnel. Mm -hmm. Um, But because I have a few freebies, what happens is I have like a few different five-day funnels. So I have a five-day funnel for my fat loss course and a five-day funnel for my gut health course. But if somebody downloads all, you know, four freebies from Mm -hmm. my website one day, they're going to get four emails a day, basically. Mm. So they, because you can't say on Kajabi, you can't say, okay, if they are subscribed to this email funnel, then don't also send them this email funnel. Like let's send them one email funnel at a time to not overwhelm people. Um, so I can't do that on Kajabi, but I know you can do that on ConvertKit. Yeah. That'd be like a rule that you set that says basically like, if this person enters this, don't send them that. And I think that like, obviously what you're talking about here is like, something that you get to later stage in business where it's like, okay, like, you know, when you first start out, you, you're probably just, if, if you're lucky, you've created one freebie, right. And you maybe have a couple automated emails and then, you know, as you grow, like Amanda has, then you bring in another one and maybe another one. And then it really does almost some of these programs you might initially start out with that were good for your first year or two in business. You almost need to transition to something more comprehensive or to, you know, kind of like account for these, these smaller things that need to happen in a, in a larger scale business and like make things more automated. Have you, have you automated more things in your business as, as you've gotten busier? Yeah, I think most things are automated. Um, I mean, in terms of like funnels, freebies, stuff like that courses, like, you know, when somebody downloads a freebie and then buys a course at some point, like I do nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm just like there, everything is automated. Um, there's a lot of things that aren't automated, you know, like answering DMs, answering emails. Um, but I think that's also the thing is like, I've hired an assistant in this last year too, to help me with a lot of those administrative things. So I could focus on like creating content and creating, you know, more value for my audience and for my students. Um, but yeah, I mean, most like emails are, are automated. Um, Yeah. All the important things are automated, I guess. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. Like you automate almost everything you can. And then something like a DM, if you feel comfortable or if you have like a very clear, almost like brand voice of how you respond to messages, you can almost teach that to an assistant and have them respond. Or some people just want to be the one to do that themselves to keep some of those pieces non-automated so that, you know, there is that touch point and then almost automate everything else that you can. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I love, like I, I love answering DMs. It's I think it's really helpful because you really see what people are struggling with and it does help you create content and it really just like keeps your finger on the pulse. Yeah. Um but there's also things you can do in it's like there's other things that I've done in Instagram and also in my emails like I've automated responses to some degree so you can like in in your email like there's specific uh, shortcuts that you can use in order to like write a whole sentence or write like an email out. So if you just like create little shortcuts for things that you say all the time, I also do that in Instagram. I create a bunch of shortcuts. So like, if people are like, Oh, you know, one of the things like people always ask me is like, what book are you reading? And Mm -hmm. it's like, I always say like, I don't share, I don't share the books that I'm reading in Instagram as a way to get people on my email list because your email list is the only thing you own. Instagram could go away. So, um, you know, that is something I have automated. I'm like, oh, that's, it's from a book that I've been reading. It's from a a book I've been reading. I share all my books, my newsletter. Mm -hmm. So there's like certain things that I have written out that I have a shortcut for, and I will just put that in there. And then I can add 
anything else if I feel like the need to. But that's an easy way to save yourself a little bit of time. Yeah, I've made a few shortcuts for the links that I like to send people to. So if someone's like, oh, what's the link to launch your nutrition biz to sign up? I have like a little shortcut. The only thing I find annoying is if you write the like, the shortcut, like I have like um, the letters. So I had this program called confident client sessions back in the day. So CCS. And then if you just type C, it ends up like bringing up the shortcut. So I don't know if sometimes there's like some issues with Instagram or maybe you have a shortcut for my shortcut. <laughs> well, one of the things that I do when I create shortcuts, I think I do this in Instagram. I do this in my email, um, but I use a semicolon before I put the shortcut that's smart as the shortcut. So I think that helps. Yeah. So sure then if you're just happen. typing a letter, it doesn't pop up and, and then, yeah. you in. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. I, I mean, I think if there's just so many things that can be done and it's all about like efficiency and saving time again, which maybe at the beginning, you're not fielding, you know, hundreds of DMS or you're not super busy and you have time to like create these crafted responses, but you know, almost like where you are at your business now, it's such a great look into, you know, a busier, successful business that you've like really almost like hacked your business to be as efficient as possible. I know even before we hit record, you had mentioned to me, like you have so much time and space right now in your, (laughs) in your life and in your business because, because you've created it to be so efficient. So it's actually so admirable to be like, okay, if I want something that's a little bit more hands-off, a little bit more passive, you know, someone buys a program, they get it. I don't have to do anything. It's really awesome to hear how you've been able to do that for yourself and that it really hasn't even been that long. Like probably how many years since you started your nutrition business? Um, since I started seeing clients, it's probably been like, I don't know, five, maybe five years, maybe a little less than that, four yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so in that amount of time being able to create, you know, what you've created, the catalog of offers and, and programs and to, you know, have things automated is quite amazing. Yeah. And it's only been like, what, two, I think I launched Fat Loss 101 during COVID. So probably two and a half years or something. Yeah. Yeah. So it hasn't been, hasn't been that long, but one of the things too, is like making sure, and you know, you can create work for yourself, like in a business, there's always something to do. So I think it is really important to say like, okay, these are the things I'm going to focus on and not put too much on your plate either. I think it's good to have some things on your plate. Um, Otherwise you just go crazy. As I was saying, like you really need things to do. Um, But one of the things I do too, is like making, especially with Instagram, because you could be on Instagram all day and I've caught myself in that. And then you're like, nothing else has been done in my business, but like making sure you you're taking specific time to answer DMs. So like, I will sit down and answer DMs at a specific time and like try to do them all. Mm -hmm. I actually answer a lot of DMs when I'm at the gym, like in between sets when I'm resting Mm is like the time when I will like answer DMs. And then I will spend some time just like going through the ones that I missed, but only for a specified amount of time. Otherwise, yeah, it's just, it's too much. Or otherwise you're like constantly checking. It's like your whole day is just like being responsive to people. And it's like those core tasks in your business don't even happen because you're just almost like on call for other people and their needs. And, you know, when it comes to running a business, like it's, you almost need to cross off those like very important tasks first and then get to those secondary tasks. And although like DMs answering all of those is important because that's relationship building, you know, to not really almost be splitting your attention 10 times throughout the day and maybe just once or twice going in with a lot of intention to answer them Mm -hmm. properly versus just trying to get back to people right away. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then making sure also, um, 
What was I going to say about that? Oh, making sure too, like knowing, I think it's really important to know when you are the most productive and the most creative during the day and really making sure you keep that time really sacred and making sure like you are doing the most productive and creative work during that time. So you're not like, this is when I have the most energy and I feel like so creative and I'm going to answer DMs. That's Mm. not the way to do it. So I think it's really important to know yourself too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great advice. So to wrap up, I would love to know um, what your daily and weekly schedule looks like right now, which, you know, we've kind of almost been talking about how you've created so much efficiency and space in your business. I'm curious to see like, what does it look like um, on a daily, weekly schedule? So it changes quite a bit. And actually it's, it's shifted quite a bit in the last like few months as well. Um, there are some basics though. So Monday is usually my content creation day. So it's when I will like create my posts for the week. I will also write my newsletter on Monday. Um, today's Monday. So today was my content creation day. Um, so I write my newsletter, create my posts and also like come up with any ideas of any posts that I'm, or any like reels I'm going to record or anything that I'm going to create and then schedule those into the week. Mm -hmm. So I don't do everything on Monday. I just, I just, it's like more of an organizing day. Um, and then throughout the week, I will do anything that I've missed or haven't gotten to. Um, and then Wednesday is my learning day. So I used to not have this, but I think it is important because I think I can easily just get caught up in like the administrative business stuff and then just kind of stop learning. So I'm always like in a court trying to take a course, some kind of course. Um, and, um, yeah, so Wednesday is my day, like study day. So I spend like four or five hours just like watching a course or reading something or whatever it is. Um, and then Friday tends to be more like an administrative day where I like will get back to all the emails that I haven't responded to and just like take care of like little it's and bits. Um, Tuesdays and Thursdays are more like a overflow day. So usually like content or creating, writing emails or doing like other, you know, like big chunks of things that I need to do, like creating an email funnel or creating a freebie or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So that changes. Um, That changes quite a bit. And then Saturdays and Sundays, I, I try to take off usually, but I usually try not to like do anything. I will probably usually do some work, post on Instagram, maybe do stories and stuff like that, but I won't do anything to, you know, creatively draining. Mm -hmm. Um, I try to like take time for myself, go to the beach. Um, that's pretty much it. And then in terms of like daily routine, so I used to wake up, read for a little bit and then get straight to work. Now I am going to the gym in the morning. So I used to go to the gym in the afternoon. Now I've just shifted it. Just I'm just trying to see how it works. So I do feel like I'm more productive after I've gone to the gym and been active. And then I also, what was happening is like, I would be in creative mode, productive mode. And then I'd be like, I need to go to the gym or it's like going to start getting busy at the gym. So then I would like cut it short. And then by the time I get home and eat dinner and I... My I have no productivity left. So I'm like, okay, then like that's done. And I would do like little administrative things the rest of the day. So now I'm going to the gym in the morning. So I will usually read. I'll go outside, get sunlight, um, try to get grounded in some way. And then we'll read for like a half hour or so. So pretty easy morning. And then I will go to the gym, come home, usually have breakfast, and then get to work. 
usually I work from, I work from home for like an hour or two. And then I will usually try to go to a coffee shop or out somewhere to work because I'm mm-hmm. so much more productive out. Yeah. Otherwise I'll find something to do in my house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's pretty much it. And then it changes also because I'm in Europe currently. So mm-hmm. the time that I need to post on Instagram is late here mm-hmm. compared to if I was in North America, it'd be earlier. So it's kind of nice because I don't really have to be on Instagram until later in the day. Um, so I would usually come home, post on Instagram, have dinner, and then try to have like some kind of wind down routine, journaling, reading, taking a shower, just like try to chill a little bit to relax my mind before I go to sleep. I love that. That sounds really like a good balance, I think, of all all of the things and to have, you know, the time for you, which is so, so important when building a business, you know, and taking care of yourself and doing the things that you're recommending to your clients, like, you know, putting yourself first and and getting those things in um, and then getting to the work. It sounds like like you've really kind of found that sweet spot for yourself. So that's yeah. And I do I do try to keep it flexible, too, because I am like traveling quite a bit. And so um, it's kind of nice to be like, okay, you know, if like, I want to go do, you know, a tour and activity on, on a Thursday or a Wednesday, like I will go do that. And then I will just push everything else to a Saturday or, you know, or later, you know, maybe not, you know, so it's kind of nice to have that flexibility, but yeah, there's also a balance between like having too much flexibility. And also if you don't, you know, you have to have, you have to have some structure and some accountability. Otherwise then you're never going to get anything done. Yeah. Your business. I think that's like a whole conversation. We could probably have another time on the podcast is finding that sweet spot of like, you know, even when you first get started, it's like almost all of your time and energy is put towards a business. And then you almost hit the spot where it's like, you can kind of back off, but if you back off too much, then it's like nothing gets done. So it really is. I think as you grow your business and you're in that place of like, you know, so much is automated, like what are you doing on a day-to-day basis just to keep yourself motivated to keep continue and keep going? Absolutely. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Okay. To wrap up, can you share where people can find you? Maybe share your Instagram and a little bit about your programs. Yeah. You can find me on Instagram at raw fitness and nutrition all spelled out. And then my website is also raw fitness and nutrition.com. Um, I have a ton of freebies there. If you guys want to check out my funnels too, you can sign up for the freebie and check it out. Um, I also have my courses there. I have fat loss 101, gut health 101, and then protein bakes, which I recently created. It's a high protein dessert book. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah. I'll make sure to put all of those links in the show notes and I definitely recommend it. I mean, the protein bakes, it's a good one. I have so many things like earmarked in the book that I want to create for myself. So I'll have to send you some pictures, Amanda, once I start doing that. Yeah. I also have a free, the brown, the brownie recipe from the book is actually um, a free recipe that you could download as well. And it's actually one of my favorite recipes from the book and super simple. Ooh. Okay. Amazing. Well, make sure to add that all to the show notes for everybody. And thanks again for coming. This was a blast. Thank you, Stephanie. Thanks for listening in. If you like this episode, feel free to leave us a review, share the episode with a friend or take us on social media. Catch you next time.